What's up, Predators? Thanks for tuning in to the audio portion of the Smasher Pass broadcast with Travis and Dean. If you want to catch the video portion of it whenever we go live, check it out on YouTube at Apex Predator Outdoors and at Lung Crusher 53. Whenever we go live there, you can comment and be part of the show live. Comment and talk to our guests and uh, be a part of the show. So if you want to check it out, again, go check it out at Apex Predator Outdoors or Lung Crusher 53 at YouTube and be part of the show and also guys go ahead and subscribe and like and hit that little notification bell so you can be reminded whenever we post new episodes of the show and also subscribe to the feed here wherever you're listening to it so you can make sure that you never miss a new episode thanks predators and as always keep defying the odds All right, well, we're our live guys. So uh, what's going on, Predators? Travis here from Apex Predator Outdoors. And uh, today we are joined by two gentlemen here that are uh, helping us all to make our lives a little bit better. I've got uh, Dean here. He's going to be uh, doing some uh, content for the channel here, doing some gear reviews with me. And uh, we're going to be talking, doing some fitness here uh, with John from ATX Fit. So uh, first, Dean, go ahead and introduce yourself and uh, let everybody know a little bit about what's going on. Hey Predators, I'm uh, happy to be a part of this uh, part of this show. I'm looking forward to putting out some great content, answering any, any questions, and and uh, just taking a good journey with everybody through archery or duck hunting or wherever this channel leads us. It's uh, it's been fun working with John. He's he's a he's a great dude. He's a, a fitness instructor uh, down in Texas, um, and he's been kind of taking me under his wing and really pushing me towards some more of the fitness programs that us as high altitude or archery hunters need to have in the field so we wanted to bring him on board kind of get him involved uh, answer some questions that that a lot of us have that we run across whether it be with protein supplements nutrition and just get his take on how we need to attack um you know our fitness uh, as as we go through this progress so I'll turn it over to John if you let us know a little bit about yourself, how people can contact you if, you, if they have any questions, and uh, we'll get to it. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is John. Um, I'm with ATX Fit, ATXFit.net. Um, any questions, need to contact me, just reach out. Uh, I've been a trainer for about 15, 16 years now, um, all in the Austin, Texas area, um, and it's, it's been my passion. Um, uh, I compete physique, bodybuilding shows. Personally, um, I've coached people from morbidly obese to, you know, D1 level athletes, um, kind of seen it all. And so when I was approached to kind of work on the fitness and the nutrition in this aspect, I thought it was a real cool uh, world to kind of enter into because I think this is a lot of what is not talked about when it comes to uh, especially bow hunting. I mean, there's certain nutritional things that need to be talked about and discussed and training styles that I think can just uh, take your performance, you know, out in the field, just to a next level, uh, just from changing what you're doing and what you're eating uh, from a physical standpoint. And so I'm really excited to, to be hopping on this journey with y'all. Awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on and uh, going to talk to us. So uh, I guess to start things off, one of the first things uh, I'll, I'll ask a question real quick, uh, uh, so whenever we're you know talking about bow hunting specifically, I think one of the things that I find most interesting is that there's a lot of people that uh, uh, they don't realize the uh, 
uh, muscles that are required to, to pull back a bow continuously and how to work those muscles and things like that. Uh, what are some of your favorite exercises you've seen in the gym to uh, work those uh, muscles specifically? I know working with Dean to be able to be stronger in that aspect. Sure. I mean, and, you know, Dean and I have been kind of going over this the last several weeks. Um, I think when it comes to bow hunting, you know, we got to look at first the base, and that's just going to be throughout your core, right? To be able to hold that posture um for any length amount of time um as you're setting up and so we've been working on a lot of core specific exercises and not just cores and the abdominals but obliques your lower back just kind of the total core so you can brace yourself uh to be able to hold steady um and then we look at a lot of delt work um so whether it's stabilizing the bow with one delt or a lot of your rear delt uh, rear delt lats uh, you know your roms um, to kind of be able to hold those positions and to be able to hit that that big pullback on some of the bigger bows. Um, so we've been doing a lot of uh, uh, ISO work, single arm shoulder stuff, whether it's presses, whether it's rear flies, high rows. Um, we've been doing it in a kneeling or a uh, what you call a split stance position. So now the core is having to work while you're in these positions targeting the delts. Um, some rotational work, once again, to strengthen the core. Uh, some instability stuff, still going back to core work. Um, but a lot of it has also just been finding just pure strength. Um, you know, we get focused on kind of these smaller movements um, for the delts, for the back, um, but just develop overall strength. Um, and with legs as well, because a lot of times you're, you know, you're on big hikes trying to get out to these spots. And so to have the strength in the legs to get out there as well, not just the upper body for the bow. And that's real important. I think one of the things I didn't realize until I started really working with John, um, and I think all of us are guilty of it, is being real front side dominant. Um, I didn't had no idea until I started working with him how how I wouldn't say weak I was posteriorly, but how much more front side dominant. So just really changing the your your movements, so to speak, when you're when you're working on your real delts um, in your ROMs. It, it was was huge. It's a vast different. Um, so, just kind of want to throw that out there as you guys are out there working out. We'll do some videos with John and I, kind of showing the proper way to do that, how to really target those specific areas for you. Um, I'm as guilty as anybody else out there not stretching. You know, it's just awful, and so now I'm paying the price for it. So we definitely want to make sure y'all don't make the same mistakes I have, and that's what this channel is going to hopefully help you guys with. And, I, and real quick, just to touch on that, you know, I think whenever we train, especially when we're training for something specific like bow hunting, is we, we do put a lot of uh, main focus on what we think the primary should be. But we get so imbalanced because we just hammer on those specific muscle groups that we negate other, the opposing muscle groups, which then can cause deviations in, in posture, form, uh, over tightness in certain areas. Um, certain muscles become underactive. So we want to create this full symmetry front back um, and always make sure that we're balanced both ways. Uh, so, John, how do you feel? Like I say, I've, I haven't uh, had the fortune of uh, going out there and training with you. I'm a few hours away over here uh, south of Houston. Sure. But uh, uh, one day, one day. Yeah, yeah one day <laughs> we'll have to, I'll have to come out there with you guys. Uh, but one of the things I've been doing is just because I, I, a lot of times whenever I'm going, I've got uh, four kids here in the house and I got adopted another one for a minute, a minute here. He's coming over to have fun. But uh, 
being busy and being having a lot going on everything <clears throat> i don't always have you know the two uh, hour and a half two hours that i like to spend in the gym so sometimes i'm just trying to hit it real fast and uh i just got to want to get your input on my workout it was one of the things i love doing is just body weight dips and pull-ups and stuff like that do you think those are exercises that are good that will actually kind of help benefit this uh you know, lifestyle yeah absolutely i mean you know we look at dips these are designed to, you know, our primary, we want to try to make skin the pecs, right? Secondary, you're going to get shoulders and, and, um, and tries. So when we go back to look at the stabilization of a bow, uh, a lot of front delts can be involved there. So you're going to hit a lot of that through those dips, right? And so then we transition into pull-ups, which are going to be more of your opposing muscle groups, right? So this is where you're going to get your back dominant, um, and depending on kind of grip status on what you're doing with the pull-ups, we can target different parts of the back now, right? So we can pull more through the last. We can get a little rear belt pulled in through there. Um, going to work on grip strength for sure doing the pull-ups. And so there's definitely going to be some benefits to it. You know, I would just say whether you're a dip, whether you're a pull-up, once again, we just want to make sure we're shifting the primary focus to what those muscle groups need to be. If we're doing a pull-up, then we want to make sure that we're really engaging and driving through those lats and let that be your primary. If we're feeling delts on a pull-up, then we might need to kind of retweak and look at what that pull-up might be looking like, right? So we just make sure that we're engaging properly where we need to engage. So, so we'll yeah, I mean, a note on the on the pull-ups, uh, wide grip, narrower grip, or both? <laughs> both, both. Um, so, you know, typically the, the main thing that I want you to think about with the pull-up is you're, you're going to be targeting a little bit different aspects. Uh, depending on the grip aspect or the width. Um, but when you're hitting that pull, the main thing that I want you to focus on is just having what I call shoulders sitting down. So just kind of literally just kind of roll those, tuck those shoulders back and then it's like chest in that or arching that chest, right? So you're going to eliminate the delt movement in that pull up. So now it's just going to be on back, whether it's narrow grip, underhand, wide. Um, you switch to an underhand grip, you're going to get a little more bicep work out of it. Um, a pronated grip, overhand grip is going to give you a little more focus on the lats. That's really interesting too. I know, um, you know, just working, working this last session with John, keeping that chest towards the ceiling. Like I can pound out pull-ups, not all day long, but could hold my own. But once he changed the way I was doing a pull-up, you literally feel your lats fire way better. And again, it kind of goes back to the fact that I was, you know, shoulder dominant, tri-dominant, not lat dominant and so it's just it's all about form and and really that mind to muscle connection was is just huge it's just huge yeah definitely so uh one of the things uh uh we're thinking about too is when we're talking about uh protein intake in the gym. is there a good uh, schedule you like to have protein before after during uh yeah, so when it comes to protein intake um and especially structured our workout to me the number one goal is that we're making sure that we're throughout the day just having enough protein in general right so as long as that's there the muscles are going to be able to rebuild um if we're looking at pre-workout i would say hour hour and a half depending on how easily or, or how quickly you digest i would go a little more carb fat heavy because that's going to be able to fuel a little bit more during the workout you can go minimal protein during that, but typically you're going to want, I would say, probably about 80% carb, 20% protein in that pre-workout meal, right? You'll find the endurance of the workout 
is going to be able to you're going to be able to sustain that longer throughout the workout because you'll be more properly fueled. Um, post workouts, then when I'd go a little more protein, you know, for most people I'd say probably aim thirty to forty grams of protein post workout. Um, and then it doesn't have to be immediate. Just with if you're getting some within the hour, um, because once again, you're typically probably still digesting for protein you've had earlier in the day. Um, so that's why I just kind of say the overall amount throughout the day is what's going to matter more if we're looking at muscle recovery. Um, and then I would also say pre and post are kind of the number one times to get that carbon. That's going to be the most. That's going to be the more important thing. Is getting those carbon intake. Pre and post, um, I always do a two to one ratio of carbs to protein post workout. We're going to replenish any glycogen we spent through. Um, protein is going to start recovering the muscles, uh, start repairing the muscles. And but I would always I would advise most people if you can go anywhere from I don't know 0. 0.75 0. 0.8 grams of per pound of body weight on what you're carrying currently. With, for your daily goal, and that's going to be a safe goal. Um, you're going to get more than you need. Some people go access of, you know, one gram per pound. Um, and if you're looking to more kind of recomp the body a little bit, that'd be a little more crucial. But to make sure you're recovering, then I would say that 0.75.8 per pound is a, a pretty solid number. And then, how do you feel about actually your intra workout, adding adding some of that in there just to just to give you a fuel to get through and really really engage everything and get a good solid workout in yeah so once again that's going to go back to your carbon take um i i think you'll notice if you try to get a protein shake or whatever in during the workout you're not going to notice as much from a performance standpoint but if you're getting in a carb standpoint a fast carb standpoint uh you know whether it be um like some coconut water if you want to go a natural route right so you're going to get some sugars in that way um I know there's a lot of goos and stuff like that that endurance athletes will take that you could do kind of mid-workout. But I'd really only suggest that typically if, A, you have a problem getting carbs in through the rest of your day, um, that'd be a good time to add them in because the body's going to soak it up. Or, B, um, if you're going to be working out more in excess of like an hour and a half plus, right? So if you're just going in for a gym session hour under, uh, we should be in, we should be fueled enough from pre-workout in the rest of the day, depending on when you're working out. Now, if you're going in first thing in the morning in a fastest state, then I would say take some during your workout because the body is has not been fed, right? So we're just running on that fast. So we need a little extra fuel to make sure we can push to kind of uh, to the max. Um, but otherwise, if you're just going an hour's weightlifting session, uh, we should be okay. It's funny you say that because I noticed a big like I'm right now on the carnivore diet, so I'm pretty much okay. just running on protein and fat, you know. And sure, uh, sure, you know, obviously there's a lot of minerals and vitamins and stuff that come along with that as well. You know, a lot of people think it's just those two things, but it's pretty complex. But that's one of the things I've noticed is uh, if I go into the gym and I don't have any carbs on board, uh, that are, are very very few because it's you know impossible to get zero. But uh, right. I definitely feel not as motivated in that workout. I feel like my muscles just kind of tire out a lot quicker. A lot, a lot easier to give up on that versus an hour and then so yeah so a lot of times what i do is i'll try to get some kind of like simple easy to process sugar in or something like that mm -hmm. right before i go to the gym maybe 30 minutes before so i can really get that pumping through my bloodstream and it's just it works wonders uh being able to you know feel that and last longer in the gym yeah, are you huge difference. 
Do you push, uh, or just for the listeners to the difference in the EAAs or BCAAs, do you, do you kind of push one or the other or both? So I, I tend to veer more towards the EAAs. Um, and typically because if we're eating enough, um, we should be able to get a sufficient amount of BCAAs from our diet. Um, and, and if you're doing a protein powder, most all protein powders, uh, typically if it's going to be vegan-based or whey-based, are going to have enough BCAAs in them. Not all of them will have EAAs in them, the essential amino acids. And so if you're going to supplement with any of them, especially if you're doing a vegan-based protein powder, um, I would definitely throw in the essential amino acids because those are just going to be missed. You won't, you won't necessarily have a, a full, complete protein. That's something I talked about in a previous video about doing the carnivore diet. I kind of touched on briefly. I'm, I'm no expert on this stuff. It's something I've learned through listening to other experts, honestly, is just that, uh, yeah, if you, the more plant-based materials you have in your diet, the less uh, bioavailable and bioabsorbable it is that that protein is. And so you need to add some supplements like that into the diet to make sure that that is, uh, you know, effectively absorbed into your body and used by your body to make the muscles stronger. So sure sure and there, there are definitely pros to uh, a vegan based protein powder too i mean a lot of people digest a little bit better they're all lactose free so i mean for the most part um so you have the benefit of that but you definitely need to make sure that you're adding in as well to get the full muscle building aspect of it awesome have you seen any that are out there that again people should be you know you hear about all the whey proteins at the costcos and walmarts is it six and one half a dozen the other are there ones you just you want to look for a for that right balance as they're searching for it to make sure they're getting uh, the best quality or, or the or a good quality supplement yeah you know so the quality is a, is a tough thing to gauge with supplements right because they're not really regulated and so i mean anyone can put anything on those labels that they want um when i'm looking for a protein powder um I personally always do uh, an iso a whey isolate. Um, it's going to have a lot of less lactose in it, or some might even be lactose-free. I just find that I bloat less with it. Um, it's easier on my stomach to digest. Um, I have less trouble in regards to that. Um, and most of them, you can, I mean, according to the label, you know, they'll list the BCAs, the EAs in it. Some are complete. Some will have the full spectrum that you need on both of them. So I'd also look for that. Um, if you're going away standpoint, um, and then, uh, and there's so many others out there. I mean, the first thing I would say would just be, you know, if you find one that sounds interested, just research. Um, and then, uh, but I was just kind of stick to the basics, um, when it comes to my protein powders and I try not to, you know, I might do one, one shake a day. I try to get the majority of my protein source from, from food sources, right? Cause yeah, we know yeah. exactly what, what's going to be in that. Yeah. I think that's important too. I think so many people start relying on that. It's like better living through chemistry. Um, and I'm guilty. My, you know, my counter's full of all that shit, you know, but again, it's, it's just kind of like, you know, like if for the listeners, it's, let's try to not make the same mistakes or lose the money that, you know, that we've all done and, and try to whittle it down so they can get a, at least two or three good ones, you know, <laughs> yeah, no that doubt. Rabbit hole, you know, um, and you always kind of talking about even meal supplements and, yeah, there's so many are out there like the the uh cachava is one of them i've heard of that's i guess it's like a meal replacement 
Um, it seems like most of those, in my opinion, have a lot of sugar in them. And I, I'm not sure that that's uh, something I want. That road is not one I want to go down, you know? Right. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the meal replacements, this just comes from just reading labels, you know? Um, so obviously it was going to be a meal replacement. We want it to be pretty balanced of course, across all three macros, your proteins, your carbs, and your fats. Um, and if it needs to be a meal replacement for, you know, active individuals, and it needs to have some substance to it, it needs to have some calories to it. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're going to use it kind of literally as replacing a meal. Um, and so then we look at that, then we can kind of take a look at fiber content and sugar content, um, because there are so many out there. Um, I would take a look to see, you know, is the, do we have a decent amount of fiber per meal? You know, are we getting at least, you know, maybe let's say five grams of fiber per day? So where a lot of the carbs forced in there is, can be a quality carb. Um, and then uh, sugar content, obviously, um, we want to try to minimize that as much as possible, um, especially if it's just going to be a during the day kind of just meal. Um, and then what I always look for is I always want to make sure that our, our proteins are going to be higher than the fat total. Mm-hmm. You know, on some of these, they'll really crank up the fat numbers on them as well. Um, so that's always going to be my first look is is the the protein number in that meal higher than the fat. Yeah, yeah. awesome. I just wanted to shout out real quick. We got uh, bullets for bucks is watching here live, and uh, he said, uh, "Where are you guys located?" Uh, yeah, we are. Myself and uh, Dean are both in Texas, and uh, so is John. Uh, like I say, I'm down south of Houston, and uh, Dean, you're up uh, kind of. Yeah. North Austin area, yeah, with John. Yep. And John, John's got some uh, plate slingers in the background there, man. So somebody's getting after it today. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So bear with me, guys. I'm I'm here at work right now at the gym. I, I try to find the the quietest corner back here. Well, you know when you when you, when you get when you get John in your corner, you're, you're not only paying him to be your friend, but to make fun of your form and and correct you at every step of the way. So that's <laughs> it's always a good day. It's, it's, what, it's what I do best at. <laughs> but it's all it's all for the better, you, Dean. It is. It is. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Um, what was that? What was that? That said is on your uh, sign there at the gym. As Jim says, uh, get used to being uncomfortable. Or... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> get uncomfortable. Yeah, be, get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yeah, there you yeah, go. That's yeah. It, yeah. Absolutely. It's uh, it's good stuff. So um, I guess another another quick thing too. Uh, I, I've started really getting into the nitric oxide uh, boosters as well. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, what's what's kind of your thought on that? Again, um, I'll give a shout out to the Human N. It's Beat Elite um it's uh it's great in my opinion it's great i've definitely noticed especially during you know deca training or hit training um just the oxygen exchange has has completely increased f- for me and i hate running and that's a huge part of it um but it it does certainly help you have any thoughts on adding that to you know your workouts as well or or just stick with the cardio side of it no, absolutely. A huge fan of uh, any type of NO product. Um, reason being, I mean, essentially what they do is they're vasodilators. So, I mean, they're going to go through and they're going to expand your, your vascular system. So what we're going to have is we're going to have better blood flow, uh, better oxygen flow, and just more nutrients delivered to where they need to be delivered. And so between all this, your muscles are going to perform better. Um, it's going to help with the heart. Uh, a lot of people, there's been studies that show that they've actually helped lower blood pressure. Um, because the circular, the circulatory system is just so much better. Um, 
being slightly widened. Um, so there's massive benefits to it. Um, you know, you can look at, um, there's, you know, you'll have skin free and then you'll have your, your NO products that have caffeine in it. And so that'd be one thing I look into is depending on what time of day you're taking it, depending on kind of, you know, your individual health needs too, is just kind of gauge. Um, I typically do a, um, a skin free one. Um, and I still, you get all the benefits from the actual, um, nitric oxide products, um, just without elevated heart rate and all that. Um, and so whether, I think whether you're a strength athlete, whether you're an endurance athlete, you're going to see the, the benefits to it because we're all going to improve off of that better circulation. Right. Um, and I, you know, there, when you look at one, I, I like products that, uh, the beetroot, beetroot extract is huge. Um, the big, uh, nitrate that can help out. Um, citrulline is another thing to look for if you're looking through, a kind of for a, uh, a pre or a pre-workout nitrate product. That's cool, man. Uh, actually, we got another question from Bullets for Bucks here. He uh, basically asked almost exactly what you're talking about here. He said, uh, what is the best sports nutrition supplement or drink uh, is there for like high country elk hunting? I'm hearing about Mountain Ops drinks, but uh, I'm just curious. And I think he kind of touched on that. And I think I'll go for a step further. And I, you would probably agree. It's not necessarily about the brand, but about the nutrition uh, that's in there specifically. And uh, I guess talk a little bit about uh, for something like that, where you're on a, an extreme, like I would say, like, several mile hike with uh or you need that endurance you know what would be uh something you would look for in a, in a supplement or a pre-workout kind of thing yeah so we're going to go more of like the pre-workout route um so I, I think the no products are good just because they've been tested a lot with endurance athletes and so when you're going out on these long hunts uh i think you'll see the benefit of that endurance aspect with the just better oxygen delivery to the muscles um, so I think you'll be able to perform longer um, by taking one. You know, I'd be cautious of, you know, if you're going out and you're looking for something like that. I would probably go one that doesn't have caffeine in it. Um, you know, anything that's going to, you know, if you're out in the field and anything that's going to elevate the heart rate even more um, when you're trying to hold a steady shot. I mean, I would I'd probably back off that a little bit and go with a, a stem-free one. Because um, from a from a mechanic standpoint, you're still going to get what you need out of it, um, and uh, so unless you just need that extra pick me up from the caffeine, I don't see it as a huge need for what you're trying to do out in the fields. Mm. Um, so you know, I would look into that route. Um, you know, I, I was looking at a couple, the company Wilderness Athlete. That's all they had one. They got one called Brute Force that looked pretty solid. Um, uh, they have a, a skin free and a normal you know, one with caffeine in it too. And I like to break down those large amounts of citrulline in it, which would be the number one thing that I look for in an endo product. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's uh, really important. Like I said, is getting that, uh, all those uh, supplements that nitric oxide. I haven't tried that one from Wilders and Alley, but I, I want to try that one. I've been doing uh bucked up and uh, tried mountain ops and stuff like that for recently. And, uh, they're all pretty so, solid. One of the craziest ones I've used was the, uh, the, the uh, raw labs lit. And then that thing like gets me tingling every time I hit the gym, man. It's got some, <laughs> that, that, stuff, that stuff gets hard, man. Especially the, uh, what do they call it? The advanced formula or whatever. It's like, man, it, it's like I almost feel like my fingertips are on fire. It's great. I love it. So, so, yeah, if you see anything with beta alanine or niacin in it, you're going to get those, that little rush of tingles. It's, it's a trippy feeling, no doubt. It'll turn red. You get the sweat, um, man. You get the meat sweats, yeah. man. If you it's, it's a weird feeling, you kind of get addicted to it. Though you kind of get hooked on that tingles. 
But what I would also say with some of the pre-workouts too, um, and you know, naming a couple that you just named reminded me, be real cautious too. If you're going to go one that has caffeine in it, read the label because some of these are getting real crazy now. Like I saw one the other day that had like 425 milligrams of caffeine per serving, mm-hmm. and so like they're just they're just starting to get extreme. Like with everything, we push everything gets over the top. Um, so I would make sure be cautious of that because the problem is, if, say you want to do a half scoop of it, right, to bring down your caffeine content. Well, now you're bringing half the content of everything else in it that mm-hmm. you that you actually want, right? Yeah. And so I would advise for most people, depending on your caffeine sensitivity, uh, your blood pressure, um, if you can find one around like a 200 range, like that's typically about the max that I'll go. Because um, yeah. I get caffeine throughout the rest of my day too, so I don't need to be stacking on another 400 milligrams on my pre-workout and just beating at 180 <laughs> heart rate all day long. Yeah, I was that's an important thing too. Is uh, is that the caffeine too is actually a vasoconstrictor, right? And so that can kind of actually right. kind of reduce the flow. You know, so like, like it's kind of nice to be able to do something without the caffeine and maybe you could get the caffeine a little earlier. So it's kind of sure. peaking around that time and maybe afterwards if you need to. So but, yeah, yeah absolutely. I, that's what I would say too. I know that, that even coming from a low altitude to high altitude, you're already, you know, you're already battling a lower oxygen level, you know, as you're, as you're hiking up. So for me, that's the last thing I want to do is, is have any constriction going on. It's hard enough, but wilderness athlete does have uh, altitude advantage. If anybody's interested in that, you start taking it about a month before you go uh, to your elevation and then you continually take it while you're there. And it helps with altitude sickness, vasodilation, you know, and, and it's a, it's a good supplement. Um, if you wish I would have known about that a few months ago, I went up to, uh, to uh, Vail, Colorado and I went, uh, it was, uh, during the off season there and it's, uh, you know, I'm here from like negative 13 feet below sea level and up there it's, uh, you know, like 11,000 feet we were hiking and I had to carry a can of oxygen with me and I was doing, <laughs> doing the whippets out of a can just to keep going, man. My heart rate, I was watching on my, on my Garmin watch and it was getting up to like, uh, you know, 175, 180 beats per minute and I take a big whippet of that oxygen it'll drop it down to about 150 i'm like oh this is this is hard <laughs> right yeah i think it, it, it just keeping hydrated it was huge too uh john and i kind of talked about that because i'm i'm awful about staying hydrated and i know that at altitude that's kind of part of not along the lines of altitude sickness is you, you don't get thirsty either and so you just kind of keep that in mind guys that's why they have those bladders for a reason and, and you just drink it when you're even when you're not thirsty is it will help tremendously uh with your with your recovery and and your activity level it's 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 very important to do that and the thing with the hydration aspect too is a lot of times um no matter kind of whether you're an athlete whether you're hunting like that we wait until kind of like maybe the day of or while we're there to mm-hmm. try to stay hydrated start that days before right and i mean if not all the time i'm huge on making sure our foundational stuff is good water being one of them um but i would say just if you think you're drinking a lot even drink even more starting a week out leading to your trip right don't try to leave it to the last minute to to try to now get hydrated when we're at that altitude where you're already set back and that will help with your with your heart and 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 everything else too right you start getting dehydrated and yeah shit can go south quick so everything yeah um you got something else there, Travis? Or you... No, go ahead. 
Oh, uh, I guess the other thing that we sort of touched on it, kind of going back to the workouts, <clears throat> do you try to gear um, you know, your, your in, during season, post season, pre season? Are you, are you trying to kind of gear, you know, weight gain versus weight loss versus, you know, stamina? Do you have a, a kind of a system that you, that you take everybody through, John, or is it just you just kind of wing it per person? So it, a lot of it is per person basis. Um, so like, you know, when we talked about it, and I'm going to use you as an example, uh, when we started talking about training uh, and kind of what your goals were is we broke it up seasonally, right? Um, so, you know, when you're, when you're big into your, into your season, you're gone a lot, you're very active, you're out on the hunts. Um, and so at that point, we want to kind of use that more or less as like a, a maintenance period. Right. So uh, once again, for you, it's working on a lot of flexibility, your mobility, keeping your core strength strong. Right. Because you're always in use, typically hunting. And so whenever you come off season, what's going to or into what's going to be more of your slower season, that's when we try to really work on the actual strength gains. And I would say for most people who are going to be hunting, I wouldn't put much of the emphasis on your your weight, per se, your body weight. Um, just because, you know, we're, we're doing something that we're not trying to get all big and bulky and bodybuilding looking, right? That's just not going to be beneficial to what you're doing. Um, so for someone like yourself, what we're going to look for is when we go through the off season is that we're just not, um, we want to track calories, um, uh, mainly just so we're not losing too much weight. Right. Yeah. Um, because, you know, I know with you, we have a hard time getting enough calories in. And so that's where we gauge kind of tracking the calories for you. And we kind of set that body weight goal uh, just to make sure we're maintaining where we're at. And then I put more of the progress charted on strength gains, right? So in your off season, what we're doing is we're focusing on bigger lifts, uh, big compound lifts that are going to be functional for the upper body and the lower body. And we're going to work off of progressions for strength off of those. And that's how we're going to gauge progress. Um, and then, you know, we'll get, we'll gear down. We'll push about eight weeks going through eight to 10 weeks for all the strength. And we want to deload off of that. Right. So we don't want to push heavy, heavy, heavy all the time. The body needs time to recover a little bit. So we'll go through a two to three week deload and then we'll work on building back up all the strength that we initially started with. And then we'll gear that into when hunting season comes around again, then we maintenance back off again. And so and just so for everybody to kind of know, um, you know, what, what my plan is just so everybody's on the same page as we're going through this. So right now I'm at, uh, I'm five, eight, 160 pounds. What my goal is, is to put on 10 pounds of lean muscle pre elk season. So my target date is the 18th of, of August and we'll have some videos up of my progression, the different exercises so that y'all can do these at your gym or email John or, or whatever, ask the questions on, on the show and we can answer those or maybe even show you those workouts on another video. Uh, but that's, that's where I'm at personally and, and where I'm, I'm going with this, this year's journey. And this can be one of those things too. And this is where you just evaluate where you're at. Um, this, and this is where it comes for a per person basis, right? So for you, we had the opportunity to want to put on muscle mass. Um, if you're out there hunting and you're out on the mountain, you just feel like you're getting winded a little too easy. You feel like you have, you're just carrying a little extra weight. Well, then you shift a little bit, right? And so this is where your caloric intake becomes important because now you might want to shed a little weight 
to get ready for the season. And so this is different people have different goals going into seasons. Um, and yeah. so I think this is where you need to be real with yourself and evaluate what are my weaknesses? Am I not strong enough? Are my legs, do my legs fatigue out? Is my air tank too short? Um, and then you design a program kind of based off that, whether it's cardio based, whether it's strength based, and then your nutrition gets tailored around that too. Do I need to eat a little bit more to gain the lean muscle? Um, or do I need to start pulling back a little bit and moving more to try to trim down a little bit? Cause I feel just a little too heavy when I'm out hiking, you know, miles a day out on the mountain. And ounces matter. <laughs> <laughs> Always. And just in case, it weighs a lot. So uh, just keep that in mind. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. Well, awesome, man. Uh, do you have anything else for John? Uh, uh, I, I, I don't think so. You got John? You got anything else? Another another plug. Again, you know, John is awesome. He's he's uh, very reachable. If you guys have questions, please email him. Um, again, you know. Post see him if you're in the ATX. Area yeah, yeah. Nice. Actually, come on up and, and check us out, man. Uh, we have a good time, and it's a good workout, and um, you know, it's a great, great energy vibe at the gym too. I think that's for me. That's important. You know, having good energy and you know wherever you work out, it just it just makes the workout so much nicer. So, John, are you on the social medias or anywhere? Yeah, guys. Um, my I'm on Instagram. Instagram is Get Fit ATX. Um, like I said, the websites, atxfit.net, um, reach out to me. I mean, I do this because I enjoy helping people, uh, of any goal and it's just what I love to do. And so I'd be more than happy, uh, to answer any questions you might have, um, in regards to anything fitness related, nutrition related, even if it's just stretching exercise, whatever it may be, uh, just holler at me. Um, I'm more than happy to help. Awesome. But yeah, uh, Instagram, get fit ATX and then ATXfit.net. Awesome. Well, appreciate everybody joining and, uh, you know, tuning in. We had some great uh, questions in the mix there, too. So uh, uh, thanks, everybody, for watching. We will be seeing more from Dean. Uh, he'll be giving us some gear reviews and we'll do some fitness stuff with him and with John. And uh, yeah, thanks for everybody for watching. And uh, as always, keep defying the odds. Keep defying the odds. Thanks, guys. Thanks, man.